Hey, this is Jim Larrabee. I'm the lead pastor here at First Christian Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer is that the words you hear encourage you, that they challenge you, that they build your faith and draw you closer to Jesus. So, enjoy. How amazing. Happy Father's Day, everyone. You guys doing well? Absolutely. Hey, do not email me. I did not, I did not approve any of those jokes, but they were absolutely amazing. That was incredible. So hey, if you're a dad, uh, maybe you're a brand new dad, and you're like, hey, how do I get to that level? Well, there's the starter joke that they teach you in the hospital, and they didn't do it. Uh, let me just give it to you. Here's your starter dad joke. Uh, what do you call cheese that's not yours? nacho cheese. Anyway, so there's your starter, and you can just build your repertoire from there uh, to get to the level of master and professional that those two guys are. Absolutely. Hey, we got a lot of stuff going on today, a lot of stuff happening in the life of the church, uh, a great message that we're going to be dialing into here in just a moment uh, about the fatherhood of God, which is going to be really good to do. But let me give you a, a few pieces before we get there. First, we've got baptisms this service. Absolutely love it. Baptisms on Father's Day, amazing. And, and uh, these these two baptisms are, are going to be a lot of fun. One, uh, Elena, we're going to be baptizing her. She's one of our college students. Basically, God's been at work in her life, you know, for a long time. But while she was at college, God really began to speak to her about just getting this whole thing nailed down. Like, hey, Jesus is the main thing, and, he, and he's working in your life and doing that. And so this is her moment this morning. Uh, she met with Pastor Don this week and was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. So we're going to be baptizing Elena uh, this morning, which is going to be absolutely amazing. Looking forward to that, Elena. Going to be incredible. Also, at the end of first service, uh, we were talking about who Jesus is, his father, uh, and, and that resonated with, uh, with several folks, and it resonated with Chris. Uh, he's in the house. There's Chris over there. Chris is one of our military guys, and, uh, and he's like, hey, man, Jesus has been real to me, but, but it's time. It's time that I actually made him the center. Uh, this got this thing dialed in. He's got a story. He's got a journey that he's been through, but he's like, hey, I'm on the path to discovering who God is in my life, and so uh, he's one of our military guys. They're going to be baptizing him. He's got his wingman here with him, his baptism wingman, uh, going to be coming up and doing that. So looking forward to baptizing Chris uh, after the message. So great baptisms that we're going to be having and incredible things. Uh, a couple other events that are going on, but before I tell you about the events, let me tell you about how to find information on them because we have a brand new church app. So many of you are always asking, how do I know what's going on at FCC? What, what, how do I find out information? Well now, pull out your phone, go to your favorite place. Play Store, type in FCC Santa Maria, and you'll get something like this. It'll have little palm trees on it with a little, little logo there. That is our church app, and it's going to be amazing. Not only can, if you're a new visitor, you can do the digital you know, connect card. Hey, you want to know more about FCC, those kind of things. There's a prayer link on there. So middle of the night, you need someone to pray for you, then you just go on your app, hit the prayer link. It sends out uh, an email uh, to the staff, so we'll be able to pray for you. If you want to know about events, there's something called Engage. You hit the Engage button. You'll be able to find out about events on there. Giving. Some of you are like, how do we do that around here? You go through the app. Uh, you can give on there. It's absolutely amazing. So download the app. It'll keep you informed, especially of all the events that are going on. we got two big events coming up. One, uh, July 3rd is going to be our churchwide, uh, you know, July 4th celebration. That's a Sunday, and we're going to do it big. We're still going to have our three services here, um, but during those services, we're, we're going to have hot dogs, and we're going to have snow cones going. We're, we're getting a bunch of bounce houses. You remember the, the 60 foot slide that we, we threw Pastor Don down? down? 
We'll show the video. We'll show the video. We'll put it back out there. Yes, we're bringing that puppy back. It is going to be a celebration around here. So make sure you're part of that. It's going to be July 3rd. Absolutely incredible. We need folks to work that snow cone machine. So if, if you wouldn't mind, sign up for that. You go on the app. You can go to Vince, find July 3rd. Hit it, and you can sign up for snow cone machines. You can also do that uh, with one of the QR codes that are around. Same thing for uh, Vacation Bible School. That is coming up, and so we need tons of volunteers to make Vacation Bible School work. So if you've got some time, energy, effort, we'd love for you to do that. Go online, go on the app, and you'll be able to sign up there. So a lot of great things happening through the app. Events in the church, this summer's going to be a blast. Which, speaking of this summer, uh, two groups are heading out. One, TJ, our, our teenagers, uh, headed out to Tijuana to build houses. They headed out yesterday, so we want to be praying for them. So as you're praying this week, they're, they're down there, they're building those houses. It's a little bit warm uh, in uh, Tijuana right now, so make sure you're praying that they stay safe and all that kind of thing, that they come back to us uh, just super healthy. And so pray for our group as they're down in Tijuana. And then right after church, our elementary school kids are going to summer camp. And so some of you, I, I've got kids that are heading off and you've already, once you send your kids off, you've already got reservations at the hitching post tonight. So you're just like, man, this, Jim, this is going to be the best week ever, man. So anyway, so, uh, but, but pray for the kids that are going, pray for the, uh, the volunteers that are going. My wife's on, she's one of the volunteers going to be in there doing that. So it's awesome. So I'm in charge this week. Fruity Pebbles for dinner, baby. So, uh, so anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm home with the rest of the kids, but be praying for uh, everyone as the, uh, these groups are going out. A lot of things happening. Man, I love it. Love all the energy, all the excitement, all the things that are happening in the life of our church. If you're looking for a place to get plugged into, whether young adults or teenagers or, or older adults, um, any of those things, then, then we got a space for you. We got a place for you, so get plugged in. All right, now, uh, if you got your Bibles, go ahead, and uh, we're going to be in several scriptures uh, Luke. Luke chapter 2 is a good one. Uh, Luke chapter 11, we're going to be there. We're going to be in a couple places, but you can go ahead and go to the New Testament. We're still in our series, though, called In the Beginning God. We're, we're almost done. We only got a few more weeks, and then we'll be jumping into the parables. But we're still in this series where we're, we're learning about knowing God. Because the more we know God, the, the, the more we understand his heart, the more we understand who he is, the greater joy we have, the, the, the greater contentment we have as we understand the things that he says to us, how he, how he cares for us, how he walks with us. So the whole purpose of this series in the beginning, God, is to know God so that we can be who God's called us to be. Not only be who God's called us to be, but, but we can rest in his truth and rest in his promises. And man, just, whoo, just rest, you know, in, in his presence of, of a God that loves us, that cares for us. And since it's Father's Day, I kind of move some things around because this morning what I want to do in honor of fathers is I want to take a moment to talk about the fatherhood of God. Now, many of you, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jim, I know all about the fatherhood of God because it's, it's not an unusual thing for us to say. You know, God is father. We even sing songs about it, right? He's a good, good father. I know he is. I know he is. He's a good, good. We, we sing songs about it, you know, and we talk about it. When, when we pray, we often pray about God being our father. It is not a strange concept to us at all in the New Testament church. But there was a time... When saying God was your father would have been just a, a mind-blowing statement. 
In fact, when you, when you read the Old Testament, some of you are, are real big Old Testament folks and you love it. And, and when you read through the Old Testament, you don't really see that imagery in there very much. You're, you're reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and, you, and you're seeing a lot of things about God. You're seeing, you're seeing God as Yahweh, you know, the, the powerful one. You're seeing God as, as Elohim, Lord of creation. You're seeing God as El Shaddai, the almighty one, you know. You're, you're reading stories about how Moses said, I want to see you, God. If I could do anything, I want to see you. And God says, okay. And he brings him up. Up to the top of the mountain and, 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 and Moses is getting all ready to, to see the face of God and God's like, whoa, 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 you gotta, let me put you in this little, this little cleft of the mountain here because if you see my face and you see my holiness, you will die. Best I can do for you is I'm just gonna go by the mountain and you can catch my shadow and even just seeing the shadow of God's glory just lit Moses up for days, you know. But, but he couldn't look onto God's actual face because of his holiness. It would, it would kill him. And so that's, that's, that's how the Old Testament shows us pieces of God. He parted the Red Sea. He made the walls of Jericho fall down. He is a God of strength, and he's a God of power, and he's a God of might, and he's a God of glory. You know, that's, that's the Old Testament God that we know, that we understand, and that many of us just love and worship the power and strength and might of God. I love that about God's nature and character. But when you read the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you begin to get a different picture of God, right? In fact, the disciples said the same thing. Hey, same thing that Moses said. Hey, hey, Jesus, if you could just do anything, let us see God. And Jesus didn't take him up to a high mountain and hide him in a cliff and go, okay, man, if I show you God, it's going to kill you. You're just going to be, you're just going to have to just look at the shadow. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, you want to see God? I will show him to you. Just look at me. You, you, you want to see the face of God? Then look at me. You want to see the heart of God? Then look at me. You want, you want to see who God is? Then look at me. And Jesus would then go on and show them more about who God is through his life. And he would show us kindness and he'd show us the, the, the grace of God and the mercy of God and the, and the love of God. All of those things. In fact, one of the coolest things about Jesus is, is how much kids loved him. And when Jesus showed up anywhere, some of the first people that would come running to him would be kids. And I'll go ahead and tell you, if you are sketchy dudes, kids ain't running to you. Have you ever seen a kid like... <laughs> this happens to some of you because you're a little sketchy. Uh, but, you know, but, but Jesus, Jesus, when he shows up on the scene, the kids just come running to him. It's almost as if they can sense the safety, sense his love, sense his compassion, sense his joy, sense his happiness. And they just come running to Jesus so much so the disciples are all the time going, hey, get away from him. Get away from him. You know, you're crowding, you know, quit climbing on Jesus kind of thing. And Jesus is like, no, no, let these little kids do do this. Man, they, they get the very heart of God. They, they love me like everyone should. And so Jesus gives us this, what feels like a completely different picture of God. So has God changed? Did something happen? Did, did God reveal himself in the Old Testament? And all of a sudden he's like, ah, eh, you know, that really didn't work. Just really just didn't get the traction. I thought it would. So let me just, let me do something different. No, God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What has happened is, is in the Old Testament, we, we got some of the picture of God. We got some of the picture of his strength and his might and his power. Just, yes, all those things are still true about God. But what does Jesus do? He reveals all the rest. 
When Jesus showed up on the scene, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you the complete picture of who God of the universe is. And I'm not just making that up. That's what the author of Hebrews says happens. Hebrews chapter one, verse one says this long ago, at a different times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. That would be the Old Testament. You know, all, the, all those books in the Old Testament, they were, they were written by the prophets. And that's how God revealed himself through the prophets. But now in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus, whom he appointed heir to all things through whom he created the world. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is God and God is Jesus. And he upholds the universe by the power of his word. And so we have this understanding that Jesus is the complete picture of God and reveals everything about who God is. And we see that in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the cool thing. Here's the shift. In the Old Testament, like I said, you never heard of God being the father. He was always, you know, Yahweh or, or Elohim or El Shaddai. But, but something happens in the New Testament as Jesus is revealing God to everyone around him, the deeper nature of who God is. Uh, and, and it shows up in this father thing. The very first time it happens is when Jesus is 12 years old. The very first time this picture of God as father shows up, Jesus is 12. I, I want to I read you this story because it's so awesome. Sometimes no one ever preaches this story because it's a bad parenting moment for Mary and Joseph. And there's, it just basically they lose Jesus. So they have Jesus, they lose him. For three days, can't find him. They're all wigged out. They go to the temple to pray. We're so sorry, God. We lost your son. <laughs> sorry. You know, so let me just read you the story real quick. Because this is when God as father first shows up. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem at the end of the year at the Feast of Passover. They had this tradition. Many of you have vacation traditions. They had this vacation tradition. And this all happened when Jesus was 12 years old, uh, and he went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, they were returning, and the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And his parents didn't know it, and they supposed him to be with the group because it was this big, massive family tradition, so a ton of people. And, and they went about a day's journey away, and then at some point, Mary and Joseph were like, where's the kid? I thought you had him. No, I thought you had him. No, I thought you had him. Oh, my gosh. And so they started looking for him, and, and they look among his relatives and his acquaintances. Maybe he's playing with his cousins. Where's Jesus? And when they realized that he was not there, they returned to Jerusalem again, searching for him. And after three days of searching, they finally found him in the temple. And I guarantee you the only reason they went to the temple was to pray to the God of heaven that they can find this kid. <laughs> And they walk in the temple and there's Jesus sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking questions. And all who heard Jesus were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Nobody does guilt like a mama. And so this is just a beautiful, why did you do this to us? I've been just broken hearted. Your father has been crying. Behold, your father and I have been searching for you and in great distress. And he said to them, Jesus, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be, you ready, in my father's house? First time in all of history, we get this understanding of God. That, that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, he's not just Yahweh. He's not just Elohim. He's not just this, all those all-powerful words. I, I'm, in my, I'm in my father's house. 
And, and Mary and Joseph, they did not understand what he was even saying to them. I don't get it. God is father. What are you talking about? And then he, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Now they knew that, that he was the son of God, but it was just this concept of God as father. Now, many of us could probably write that off and go, oh, yeah, he, that's Jesus and God's relationship. Of course, that's his dad, that's father. Of course, they have that. Let me blow your mind. About 25 years later, Jesus is going to take this to the next level. His disciples are going to come up to Jesus and say, hey, can you teach us to pray? And one of the things Jesus loved most was teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says, absolutely, I would love to teach you how to pray. And so he begins by saying these words to them in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And and it simply says this, now it came to pass. As Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples came up and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, As John taught his disciples to pray. They've got the t-shirts. We want the t-shirts too, so teach us to pray. And then here's what Jesus said to them. When you pray, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And there, there's a couple of powerful things here, but I, but I think the, the most important thing that I can tell you is, is in this moment, Jesus is just teaching his disciples how to pray. He loved to do it. He says, hey, listen, I, I want to teach you how to pray. Here it is. And what he gives them aren't, aren't the words to pray. He's not saying, hey, every time you pray, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Some of us kind of take this prayer that way. And this is maybe the, maybe the only prayer you know. It's great. That's awesome. But Jesus is saying, hey, this prayer isn't the way you pray. This prayer is the starting point for how you pray. Our Father, God, you're a good God and you're amazing and I love you, which art in heaven. Man, you are king of the universe and you are all over the place and you're amazing. Hallowed be your name. You're, you're holy and you're good and you're righteous. Your will be done. God, I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff in my life that I want and I'm gonna lay these things at your feet, but at the end of the day, your will be done. Jesus is teaching them to, to take this as the launching point for prayer. It, it, don't just make it the way you pray. Use this as a launching point. So he's teaching them how to pray, but he, he's doing something else. The second truth here, which is the mind blower, he's giving them this truth of God. He's saying, when you pray, do this. Say, our Father. This this is no longer Jesus and God relationship. Jesus has absolutely blown the doors open and said the relationship that I have with my father God is the same relationship that you can have, the same closeness, the same intimacy, the same tightness. You can have those things too. And that had to be mind-blowing for these disciples. We, We can say that? We can say our father too. And Jesus says, absolutely. This is powerful to the disciples. It's powerful for us that Jesus reveals this kind of level of access to the very heart of God. No longer is it. If you see God's face, his holiness will strike you down because of your unrighteousness. Now, Jesus has simply said, hey, my righteousness has covered you. So, Hebrews 4, 16, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. You can walk into God's presence. You could stand there and you can literally say, my father. This beautiful access to the heart of God is is given to us. And it's so amazing and it's so incredible. My friend, God doesn't 
have to be a religion. Jesus doesn't have to be this, this, this person out there that you, you can't know, just know about. Man, he, could be, he can be the one that's a part of your life and in your life in the same tight relationship that Jesus had where he sought God's face over everything. It's the same relationship that you and can I have. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I do want to make one point clear. God isn't father because of creation. Sometimes some folks have said that, you know, hey, I, I get it, Jim. Yeah, God is father. God is father of everything. He's father of all by act of creation. Yeah, yeah, I get that. God is father by right of creation. No, no, he's not. He's creator by an act of creation. But to be father, man, that requires a deeper process. To be father, my friend, that requires a choice, a choice on, on the part of two parties, on, on God's part, choosing us, but absolutely on our part, choosing God. And that's why every Sunday, almost every Sunday, you'll hear me say, choose Jesus, choose it. You don't know Jesus, choose Jesus. Best thing you'll ever do is choose Jesus. The grab hold of his heart. He loves you. He cares for you. He'll change your life. We're, we're baptizing people today that have chosen Jesus. Do that. Make that choice. It moves God from creator to father. But some of us need to be reminded of the first part of that. Yes, absolutely, it is us choosing Jesus, but I need to tell you, God chooses you. God absolutely chooses you. Not, and not just me because I'm pastor, not just some of you because you're super spiritual. God chooses each of you. We've got scripture that talks all about that. John three sixteen. for God so loved who? The good people, the nice people, the religious people? no. God loved the world. God loved everyone in this world. Not only did he love the world, but he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Second Peter 3, 9 says, God does not desire for any to perish, but for all to come to eternal life. What is God doing here? He's telling us the good news that he is absolutely waiting on us to choose him because he absolutely has chosen us, each and every one of us. He's just waiting for you to respond. And I love that about the heart of God. Man, he sees you and he chooses you. He picks you. He says, man, you're, you're the son I want. You're the daughter I want. And he lays that at our feet. The apostle Paul would kind of deepen this and understanding of, of God choosing us in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one, uh, verse two says this. Apostle Paul talking about the, 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 the work that God does in choosing us. And it says this. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul kind of introducing himself, and then he dives into it. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, before you ever did anything, God says, I willingly choose you. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us, you ready, for adoption. If you got a pen, if, you, if you're reading us on an app, highlight that word. Adoption. Adoption to what? Adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. 
My friend, one of the most important words I can give you in understanding the fatherhood of God is the truth of adoption, that God has adopted you. He signed the paperwork. He, he paid all the debt. He, he paid the price. He said, listen, I will do everything to bring you into my family. I've taken care of all of it so that we can move away from, from being responsible to God by right of creation, which is, woo, that's, that's all about accountability. If you just know God as one of his created beings, that involves the law and that involves being accountable to God for creation, for breaking creation, and that's a whole lot of weight. <laughs> the Apostle Paul wrote a whole book called Romans that talks about that. It just says, hey, just so you're aware, he says this in Romans 3.19, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to, speaks to those who are under the law that at every mouth may be stopped and that the whole world may be held accountable to God. Woo, accountable to God, that's weight, right? That's, that's weight, that's heavy. That's, that's belonging to God by right of creation. But through Christ, we, we move away from that responsibility to God by right of creation to a relationship with God through adoption, where God chooses us as his children, Galatians 4, this is more of the Apostle Paul. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, to those who were gods by right of creation, who were being held accountable, who, who had to speak for the brokenness that they had in their life and in this world. He, he was born there so that they might receive adoptions as sons and daughters. And because we are sons and daughters, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out something so precious, so deep, Abba, Father. So now we are no longer a slave to the law, slave to accountability, slave to sin, slave to our brokenness, but we are sons and daughters. And if sons and daughters, then we are heirs through God. We now in this moment have a unique, new, nothing like it in all creation, connection to God. And that's the mind-blowing truth that Jesus is giving these disciples. He's saying, this, is, this isn't just connection. It's not, hey, hey, pray to the Father. It's, hey, this is, this is your Father. There's this close intimacy. This is, this is the one that, that holds you as a son. This is the one that holds you as a daughter. This is, this is the connection that you can have. And the Apostle Paul takes it even deeper when he throws out this phrase, Abba, Father. That we come into his presence, not only just saying he is our father, but we can literally call him our Abba. Now, some of you are thinking of the singing group right now, and it has nothing to do with that. Abba is not a singing group. It is, but it's not. It's, it's not a Hebrew word. It's not a Greek word. You know what, you know what kind of word Abba is? It's Aramaic. It was the word, it was the language of the people, and it was often used, it was used by everyone, but it was often used the most by little kids, right? You know, when their dads would show up, they'd cry out, Abba, Abba, Abba. So, so what Paul is telling us is, is that we don't have to come to God and just simply go, our father, you know, and have this formal relation. Anytime I've ever called my dad father, I was in trouble. <laughs> father, yes, no, yeah, I will do it. You know, and so we come to God as the father and this formal and there's distance and those kind of things. Even though there's connection, there's distance. And Paul's saying the distance is gone. It's no longer even our father. You know what it is now? It's Abba. It's daddy. 
that, that, that we run into his presence, willingly call out, daddy, daddy. And, and we have that closeness. We have that, that connection to who he is. I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the coolest things about being a dad, and there's a lot of cool things about being a dad, and, and dad's in the house on Father's Day, you know this. One of the coolest things is when my kids were younger. They don't do this now. They're a little bit older. It'd be a little weird if they did now. But, but when my kids were younger, you know, and you walked in the house, dads, what would kids do? Dad's home! You know, and they just come running. You know, it's almost like mom had wound them up and just waited. Oh yeah, this is gonna be good. He's gonna be tired. He's gonna be, but oh, there he is now. You know, it's just you know, it's just waiting. You know, and I walk in the door, and sure enough, woo, dad's home, and they come running. You know, and and they were often a mess. They were often a complete mess. You know, they had dirt on them, or candy, or snot. I'm like, what did did your mom do anything while I was gone? I just, I'm totally, I'm totally big. She, Jen's amazing. She's a better parent than I am. So, you know, they come running to you, and as a dad, so they, they would just come up, and you know, they, and all of you have this memory, right? And, and they would just latch on you, and they just wipe all that stuff on you, and just, would I care? Mostly not. Does God care? Absolutely not. In fact, what would I do? I said, dude, hey, what's up, kids? You know, what's up? And I'd slowly walk, walk them to the kitchen, talking to them. How was your day? That's awesome. Obviously, you had chocolate. And obviously, you've been painting today. Man, and did, do we own a dog? Why do you smell like this? And so, you know, then I'd walk them all the way to the kitchen. And as I was getting to the kitchen, just wiping them off, just cleaning them up, wiping them off. That's the picture. That's the picture that the apostle Paul gives us when he says, man, you can call God Abba, that you run into his presence and, and he just walks in the door. And when he walks in, you just grab me. And it doesn't matter how messy you are. It doesn't matter the dirt. It doesn't matter the, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that, that you, you, man, it doesn't matter. And what does God do? grabs us and takes us. Yeah, man, that happened today. You know, no kidding. Wow, that's wow. Yeah, absolutely. And just cleans us up as he walks us to the dinner table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. As he walks us to that place of glory and, and, and just beauty. That's the picture. All of those things are components of what God wants us to understand that, that, that God is that way. He, he loves us that way as father. He loves us as daddy and, and, and he wants us to come running to him. Does it negate his power? No. Does it negate his might? No. Does it negate his strength or his purpose? Absolutely not. Does, does it negate respect or awe or worship? No. None of those things. In fact, I would say, if anything, it increases all of that because now I feel so much safer being on the right side of an almighty God. I feel so much safer standing in his grace and his mercy and his truth and his compassion and his love. And as I stand in that place and I see the strength of God when he says, no one's gonna take him out of his hand, try it. Man, ain't nobody messing with dad's kid. When God simply says, I will hold you and I'll never leave you or forsake you, you have the very strength and might of Yahweh and El Shaddai and, and the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords holding you as dad and as father. That's the lesson. That's the lesson Jesus is teaching his disciples. It's the lesson of the fatherhood of God. 
that he is Yahweh, he is the all-powerful creator of the universe. But my friend, he's also dad. He's Abba. The one we can run to in our ever-present time of need. Some of us need to do some running this morning. And not running away. Some of us need to do some running too. There's a prayer room back there. Love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. Love to talk with you about how you can have a relationship with the good father of the universe. Some of us, even as Christians and Christ followers, we've, we've been exposed to bad dads and dads that, that don't reflect the nature of the heart of God. And, and we just need to remember who God truly is, that he's the good father who repairs all of that. Let him do that work in your heart and your life today. Discovering that kind of peace with God. Let's pray. Father, I'm moved at this truth that you're not just this God of the universe. That you're not even just the father of creation, but your dad, your Abba. And no matter what, when we come running, you accept and you embrace and you love and you care. Let that truth settle into the soul's of the men and women, the students and the kids in this room, Father, that that's truly who you are. And may we walk in that safety and may we walk in that grace and may we walk in that confidence and may we walk in that contentment of knowing that's our place with you in the kingdom for forever. I love you, Father, and thank you for the deep work that you do in each of us, overcoming And moving us to understanding true fatherhood in this world. We love you and ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to find out more information about giving or to see what's going on in the life of our church, please visit us at fccsantamaria.org. Thanks again for listening and God bless.